You're listening to episode 13 of the In The Hub podcast, brought to you by Playbox Technology UK. This week, we have a very special episode. We'll be speaking to both Ben Gunkel, Chief Commercial Officer, and Philip Neighbour, Chief Operating Officer at Playbox Technology UK. We'll be discussing the history behind the infamous channel in a box, running through the early days of Playbox, and highlighting where we're headed for the future. Really hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm excited to welcome both Philip Neighbour and Ben Gunkel to the In The Hub podcast to discuss some of the history and the exciting future that lies ahead at Playbox. So welcome to the podcast, guys. How are you both today? Yeah, I'm, I'm great. And thank you very much for inviting us on this yeah, podcast. thank you, Neil. It's a pleasure. So, I mean, we'll, we'll get straight into the questions, if that's okay with you both. Yeah, let's go for it. Sure. Awesome. So, Ben, I think we'll start with you. How did you get your start in Playbox? Well, it was a long time ago, once upon a time. Um, so on my background prior to Playbox, was it was nothing to do with broadcast. It was purely sales-based, and I came from a recruitment background. It just happened by chance to be introduced to Don Ash, the late, great Don Ash, um, for an interview. I remember sitting there with Don thinking, this guy is uh, unusual. But I quite like him. And he asked me some questions. I think the first one was, uh, what do you know about television? Or what do you know about broadcast? I said, nothing. I honestly know nothing about it. But I know about audio. I grew up in a recording studio. My parents used to own a quite a successful recording studio in East Anglia. So I spoke to him a little bit about audio files, digital audio files. He sent me away and uh, didn't offer me the job. I was very disappointed. And uh, I remember phoning the recruitment agency and saying, I think they've made a mistake uh, because the, the company wanted somebody with sales experience and I've got that. And they said, yeah, but don't have the broadcast experience. So Don, he invited me and he gave me another shot and eventually offered me the job, introduced me to the products. I'd never seen anything like it in my life. It was a computer that basically put video files in a playlist and played them out of this output called SDI, which I'd never heard of. And uh, I had to learn pretty quickly. So um, after about uh, three months of, of training, I went out and uh, called every single person I could possibly think of. I must have made 100 telephone calls a day and just put the graft in. Uh, eventually uh, met a few customers and, and it built up from there. And really, I learned on the job. I attended every single trade show on earth, <laughs> I think, and tried to absorb as much information as possible. But I think my enthusiasm sort of took over and um, uh, I, I enjoyed working with Don. Uh, every day I worked with him. In fact, I've, I could say I've had some of the most enjoyable uh, d- days of my life working with Don. Some of the least enjoyable as well, but um, <laughs> I think there was a, there was a definite bias towards most enjoyable. But um, yeah, sorry, sorry for the convoluted answer, but yes, that's how I got into it. No experience working on the. But Neil, you you have to remember back in those days, integrated playout was really in its infancy, and it was Don and Playbox that brought what we now call as a channel in the box to the market. Yeah, everybody had racks and racks of equipment and i remember not work not having no involvement with playbox all of us looking very skeptical you know this this will never work how are you going to replace 
five racks with a server and a bit of software. Uh, and, and this, so from Ben coming, you know, talking about audio, digital audio files, this is what literally what Playbox were doing. And it really broke the ground. And now today, everybody um, has an integrated player. Yeah. But it's, it's really due to the vision that Don had. And I think that came out of what Don was doing at Channel 4 with, with, with Ellis, was to have a, an integrated solution, something that you could just run on a computer. And it was really groundbreaking stuff. You can imagine, Neil, uh, Phil comes from the background, which um, no disrespect to you, Phil, but uh, a bit more a bit more senior than I am um, in experience and, and years. Uh, your background, Just being ages now. <laughs> you, were set, you were selling these these racks, of five, yeah. five racks of equipment to broadcasters. And then there was me coming in to these broadcasters, this young 25-year-old know-it-all, um, from Essex, uh, with effectively a PC with some Bulgarian software on it, telling these major broadcasters that these racks that they've just bought from Phil Neighbor and his counterparts in other companies was uh, was was going to end up in a museum in a few years' time. And if they didn't move with the times and buy this this computer with this software on on it, this PC with the software on it. Um, that they were going to die, basically. Their business was going to die. And um, I, I can't tell you the number of times I got laughed out of the room, laughed out of meetings. And it, Don and I used to attend meetings and effectively told, <laughs> told we were crazy. This is never going to take off. But Yeah, Ben, I, I seem to recall that when I was with another vendor, we had a meeting just after you. With, I'm sure it was the BBC um, when you and some colleagues, and I think Mike Timmis was involved. And they and they went through and said, "Now this, you know, you're offering all this. Playbox has just told us, but hasn't shown us that they can do it all in one server." And it, this and this was for a, a major project, you know. And you have to also bear in mind that in those days. Selling broadcast equipment was very, very profitable. And then you have a, an unknown company who is offering everything in one box, you know, for a fraction of the price, which had the full functionality. And if you look back, you know, time shows that everybody in the playout sector has moved far more to a software-based integrated playout solution. And, and for me, it's really good to be associated with the company that set this all up at, at day one. There was a lot of groundbreaking stuff that was happening. Software for Playout was really in its infancy, didn't exist. So trial and error, you know, even playing with different video cards. Having a video card in the computer, you know, just to play out serial digital was, was weird. Yeah, but that was even stranger because in the early days, the card did all the um, heavy lifting. Uh, remember these uh, these Matrox cards were thousands and thousands of pounds, and they did all the processing, all the heavy lifting. But Playbox came out with this um, uh, internal uh, processing engine that took the heavy lifting away from the video card and did it all in software. And um, you, Phil, you just mentioned trial and error. There are so many occasions where um, 
in order for us to gain any kind of credibility, for Playbox to gain any kind of credibility, we had to put a Playbox system into these traditional playout centers and run a parallel channel in line with their traditional playout systems and run it on a Playbox with the same playlist, the same media, and they, they would test them out. And the challenge was, right, we'll leave you with this machine, um, try and break it. And quite often, people come back to us and say, blimey, this, uh, this is amazing. Your, this PC can keep up with, with our kit, and it costs about 20% 20, 20 of the price of the traditional broadcast systems that Phil Neighbors trying to sell to us. And it, 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 it was quite an interesting time. A bit surreal because it was still in its infancy, but um, the challenge for us was was getting system integrators on board and getting um, dealers on board because, like you said, Phil, there's massive. There was a massive amount of money to be made in in broadcast playout equipment, and Playbox was offering the same thing for peanuts, basically, in those days. I mean, I'm not going to lie, guys. You've you've basically answered the next four questions with with that one. <laughs> Lovely. Oh. Right. See you later then. Uh, <laughs> So, I mean, I know we've we've basically covered it, but I mean, in a way, could you both summarise kind of how the infamous channel in a box arrived in our industry? There were three pillars of Playbox, which was low cost, reliable and easy to use. And to be honest, that's all people wanted. Uh, Phil mentioned operators. They wanted a system that was easy to use. Business owners wanted a system that was low cost and um, satellite operators wanted a system which would give them a reliable signal. So the whole idea of channel in a box was to give people those three things, low cost, easy to use, reliable. And we managed to do it right. Our, our strap line for a long time was um, 100% functionality for 25% of the cost. And it completely um, transformed uh, the broadcast playout industry. Yeah, but, but Ben, that's really important today as well because broadcasters and service providers are really de-skilled and and having a GUI which is very easy to use uh, if, you, if you can use a Microsoft you know like Word or Excel then you can use Playbox uh, and it's nowadays value for money is what everybody's looking for reliability not having to have highly skilled staff so you obviously have the ease of putting in untrained operators and quickly training them up i think that's one of one of the strengths still today of playbox and that's something that we're trying to do as we move more and more into the cloud so we're we're currently working on effectively integrated play out via the web either a hybrid um, cloud model or a 100 percent cloud model and we're trying to go back on our core values of easy to use full functionality uh, at really good value for money. It's, I don't think the values have really changed over the years, Ben. I agree with you. Don't forget Airbox was launched in 1999. And in 1999, um, Facebook wasn't even a thing. It was the, the idea of social media, Instagram, even YouTube wasn't even around then. 
Um, this is way mm. before social media took off. And what Playbox did was empower broadcasters. It gave them everything they need. And it, it worked. It, I understood it because I had grown up in a recording studio. The audio business was not really too dissimilar because I do remember as a child going into the studio, my first ever job when I was at school, my dad gave me bottle of isopropanol and some cotton swabs and made me clean the tape heads on the reel-to-reel. We had an Ampex and Studer um, uh, multi-track recorder and mastering recorder and this was all done on tape and bands would come in they book weeks and weeks and weeks of sessions to record albums and spend you know days tuning and getting the sound right on the drums and then all of a sudden we fast forward to now recording studios are still there but that people can record stuff on the laptop at home. And the reason they can do that is because the industry and the technology innovators have empowered the musicians to be able to do that. And it's not really that different in television. And there's no. a huge number, there's a pyramid in broadcast. You've got the big, big channels right at the top and there's very few of them. But we, we made our, um, we, we made our um, successes not just there, but in the rest of the pyramid. So all these independent channels, community channels, religious channels, you name it, they just wanted a way of getting their stuff on television and they didn't really have deep pockets. So a play box was a dream for them because it gave them all the power to to be able to manage their own play out. And all they needed to do was put that system in a data center have a, a means of transmission and, and a license and away they went. And God, there were thousands of them, thousands and thousands. But you're, you're absolutely right, Ben. If you look at the audio industry, when it went from multi-track on two-inch, one-inch tape to TAC and Fostex bringing up Porter Studios, exactly the same thing is, is, is happening with web-based playout. You're finding lots of small user groups are starting to do what we used to call a television channel, um, you know, to, to the community. You mentioned Facebook earlier on. Yeah, well, we got thousands of of outputs going into Facebook and YouTube directly out of Playbox. You know, it's, and it's great to think that this company, it's actually making me feel very proud, has, has really done a lot for the industry. And, you know, we know how major clients are, you know, even in the IT space, I mean, Cisco use use Playbox. Uh, you know, major broadcasters, most of the big sporting events, the premium sporting Premier events, league stuff, and yeah, are, are, are coming are coming through Playbox, and, and it's it's really good. But I probably shouldn't have used an example of the audio industry because that's actually going. There is a there's this demand for old analog equipment. But can you imagine the broadcast industry going back to um, back to its roots, Phil? And no, no, no. Operated um, MCRs with fifty people in there pulling levers. It's just not going to happen. Uh, but it's called job creation, Ben. Maybe. <laughs> but I mean it. I'm really proud. This this conversation has made me feel really warm inside. I mean, Playbox has, has done so much. Um, you know, I used to work for a large major organization. Playbox is a, a medium-sized company, which is totally flexible. Um, 
you know, we're not we're not going from quarter to quarter. Oh, you've got to get the quarterly figures here at this level because it affects the share price. It's a totally privately owned company. Yeah. And we do what is needed to be done to keep our customers happy, to keep up with technology. But at the same time, yeah, we work hard, but we have fun at it. And we hope that our customers also enjoy working with us. It's, yeah, the philosophy here is, is, is totally different. Yeah, we need to make money to support our customers because if, if we're not making a profit, then there's no way we can support any of the companies. But we have great deal of fun. We care about the community. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Um, so, I mean, I just wanted to go track back a little bit, Ben, and I'm, I'm just curious and, and quite interested in kind of what Playbox was like back in, you know, 2008, 2009, you know, is there, there any any uh, memories you can lend us or anything like that to kind of show us, you know, you know what the future of, of broadcast technology and, and play out was looking like at that at that point? I remember, I, I remember my first day. Uh, Don was sitting in this office, and these are the days when you were allowed to smoke indoors, Neil. This is a very long time. I can hardly remember those times. Just on the just on the uh, um, the, the cusp of thing, but. Um, I remember Don sitting there with this server next to him uh, with this software running. I remember him showing me this software and I was all I could think was, hang on a minute, how I don't understand this because when I think of television and broadcast and cutting to adverts and these, all these other things that they do in the control room, I think there's people doing this and there's somebody there with a, the mic on, telling them to go to ad break in three, two, one, take, and however they work. That's what I had in my mind. And I thought then it struck me that actually it was actually very similar to a, a fruit-based music program that was available around about that time. And it just made sense. You didn't have to put physical media into drives anymore. And I thought, hang on a minute, right, this is really exciting and I can get behind it. And Playbox as a brand and the whole idea of a channel in the box was it, 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 we were very much the underdogs and um, getting in the door to meet these people after you'd explained to them on the telephone what it is that you're proposing, just getting through the door was a major achievement and, uh, and, and you would be, you'd be gobsmacked to, if, if, if you're able to see how many times we got turned away because we were considered to be these crazy dreamers um it's never going to happen and i, and I remember, remember several other manufacturers coming to visit playbox in our offices other manufacturers who were competitors major competitors to playbox coming in and sitting with us and saying how have you done this tell us we want to know obviously we didn't tell them no of course and that, that's where we're at today do you think that kind of the ease of use and, and the relative, you know, simplicity kind of behind the channel in the box and integrated play out was one of the reasons that, that many of these kind of companies you went to go and see, many of these broadcasters were, were so apprehensive to take it on? Do you think it's... I think it was down to the fact that these um, a lot of broadcasters at the time made their money off of employing people who were very clever, who could press all the buttons and they could charge a lot of money for doing it. And um, suddenly the idea that, um, you're going into a, a broadcaster, a small, small independent broadcaster, and explaining to them you don't have to pay 
someone else to do all of this for you, my friend. You can you can buy this server, which is equivalent in cost to about a month of your current rental program. And you can buy it and own it and you can operate it yourself. And the fact that I understood how to use it without any broadcast experience meant that I could um, get behind it and explain it to no disrespect to some of these customers, but some of these people didn't, they didn't understand how broadcast worked either. That is why they were paying all that money to the broadcast service providers. Um, And we were effectively then cutting out the service provider and saying to the, to the, to the uh, channel owner, right, here you go, do it yourself, get that installed in a data center or an uplink center, and you can operate that remotely, and you can do it all on your own. Uh, you haven't got to pay someone else to do it. I think that was, that was the, p- the point where people realized the industry was changing. So, I mean, I want to touch on the topic of, of kind of trade shows and exhibitions. So I just kind of want to ask you guys, how important were these exhibitions and trade shows to Playbox's success? The trade shows were incredibly important. It was the opportunity to show customers your new products. In my early times, it was very much smoke and mirrors. You would show something that maybe in two years' time would would be available. It gave you the opportunity to to bond uh, with the customers and make it a lot more of a of a social uh, event. Despite the fact that we have now COVID-19, I think the trade shows were probably dying off because everything is is available online. Um, For lots of organizations, trade shows are a major, major expense. Um, You know, I've I've worked for companies that spend over a million dollars just to attend a trade show. And that's a lot of money to come off your bottom line. What I do miss is the networking, um, to actually personally be with with the customer, to share experiences and have a number of customers together. You can say, have you tried this? Have you done that? So that's that side of it I miss. Standing on an exhibition stand all day. Well, Ben may like it because he's always fueled with alcohol. Um, but for me... It's, it, it got a bit too much. So, I mean, are, are there any particular years of, of trade shows and exhibitions that you guys class as, as particular highlights, or do they, you know, kind of all merge into one? I, for me, I remember the 2009 to about 2012, that three-year period of everybody asking about Edgebox, scratching their heads. One minute, it's um, a small independent-owned tra- um, TV channel uh, looking at the product, buying the product. Next thing we know, there are huge global um, uh, channel operators and networks asking us about products. And I, I just remember every trade show going through this workflow of people still saying, I don't see how it can work. And then wheeling out examples of working channels. Did you used to find it quite satisfying, Ben, being able to show them basically, you know, and, and prove them wrong? Yeah, it's a bit like... Um, it's a bit like someone challenging you to a game of table tennis and thinking you're going to be crap at it, but then they don't realise that you're actually seven times world champion. And uh, it's, it was like that. It was, it was, it was very satisfying, um, showing them you're wrong and, uh, get, get then, and then being able to give them the opportunity to try it themselves, actually. That was, uh, that was very satisfying, but they stood out for me. 
but I, I remember crazy years of Playbox having 90 square meters at um, IBC and BVE and big stands at NAB, and it's a huge expense. So, I mean, Phil, focusing on you now, when you first joined in 2014, was it? You know, what were your first impressions of Playbox? I, I came from a very large manufacturer. Um, I came into Playbox because of because of Don Ash. I really liked the atmosphere. The whole approach was 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 totally different. There was actually people who cared about what was going on, as opposed to the to the numbers. Um, so the company was doing relatively well at that period of time. There had been a big boom in in Playout. And Playbox had its tentacles all over the place. Also, it was very important to me that the company just specialised in in the playout market. Its core business was playout. Playbox still does, but lives and breathes playout. We don't know anything else. We just we're, we're good at doing one thing, and and that that was refreshing. Whereas you know most of Playbox competitors and where I'd come from had a had a product for post-production production you know play out every everything and and to find a a company that just specializes in in one area and i think still today that playbox technology is the largest independent play out specialist in the market so i mean obviously you've touched on this as well uh pride being a kind of major aspect to summarize are you both proud of, of what you've achieved during your time at playbox and what Playbox has achieved? Um, very, very, very proud of Playbox. Um, we still have a lot more to achieve. Um, the technology is, is changing all the time, and, and we have to keep several steps ahead of it. It's for me. It, it's been a, a great time. I've learned a lot, and I still have more to learn. And you know, I've built up some really good relationships with with our customers, far more than just you know, a work-based relationship. So, yeah, it's part of my life, and it's a part of my life that I'm happy about. And for and for me, it's uh, big, I'm the, the biggest thing for me was seeing, actually there were two things. One of them was seeing these uh, TV channels that would, would never have been able to put their content out had it not been for Playbox, is, is seeing those... Um, grow become successful and also I think more importantly was that we we grew a team at Playbox and I ran the sales team for a long time and uh, the biggest thing for me was seeing them do well and and knowing that I trained them and brought them on board and they became successful themselves and that that made me feel very proud so but that that massive growth you got from Playbox Ben must have really made you proud happy yeah but it's it's um, you achieved so much against major competitors you know big billion dollar plus organization oh yeah it was quite satisfying bringing uh, um bringing successful deals home and knowing that we'd beat big global brands as you say but to me honestly it's uh the best biggest satisfaction was was having the team and none of it would have been possible without the team. And that's everyone from the developers to the support. Yeah. None, none of it would have been possible without Don. And I think we have a lot yeah. to be grateful. hundred percent. 
Good dog. I think he'd be proud of where we are today as well. Yes. Yeah. But he would still be kicking our asses. To kind of summarise, guys, you know, what, what does the future hold for Playbox? You can summarise it in one word if, if needs be, or you go in as much detail as you please. What what does the future hold for Playbox? The, the, the future for Playbox is based around the cloud. Different forms of playouts onto different platforms, social media platforms, closed user groups, communications with large organisations. You know, there's a lot. Yep, the scope changes, but the technology behind it doesn't change. You know, we're here to deliver content so people can consume that at home, at work. You know, it's there, 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 there's a lot to do. Um, the cloud is is playing a more and more important part. Um, hybrid cloud is is just taking off now. But the future. Who knows where where it goes to? All, all I do know, I'm pretty sure that there will be a playbox, which would just concentrate in delivering content, scheduled content to people at home. Well, Ben may have a far better vision than I do. I I agree with you, Phil. For once, it's uh... um, you sh- you should see the money in your bank account now, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Um, and guys, I mean, just to finish off with, I was just going to ask uh, Ben: Have you have you got any exciting things in the pipeline? You know what, what what's been going on with you? It's been an interesting year, twenty twenty. So, um, we had our first child in uh, oh, April, uh, right right in the middle of the lockdown. So, um, having only just recently rejoined the Playbox team. I've been able to spend the last few months uh, every day with my little boy while he's growing up. So, uh, yeah, I look forward to all the... If he grows up to be like me, then um, he's going to be an absolute terrorist. And uh, <laughs> I look forward to all the excitement that's going to bring. No, but, yeah, that that's a big thing for me at the moment. Complete change of lifestyle and outlook on life, bringing up yeah. a child. is uh, something I thought I wouldn't do, but uh, I'm, I'm glad that I have. And... Uh, yeah, so that's he's my focus now. Yeah, and, and the best thing that's happened to me is that Ben used my my first name as his son's second <laughs> name. Actually, it's with one L. It's my father-in-law, Philip. You're not that lucky, mate. <laughs> Don't flatter yourself. Well, so I've had a terrible year now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I mean, Ben, how can people get in touch with you if they want to find out more about uh, about Playbox? Uh, if people want to get in touch uh, to discuss anything from uh, child care to uh, touring with the band or to discuss Playbox they can find me at ben at playboxtechnology.com Phil any, anything exciting going on that you can divulge with Playbox at uh, the moment? N- not at this point in time we, we have uh, an exciting time planned ahead of us um, we're doing a lot of revolutionary cloud development for, for Playout which I can't really go into very much detail but Please stay tuned. What we did for Integrated Plout, Channeling the Box, we're doing that in the cloud. So yeah, thanks for coming on, guys. It's been a really enlightening experience. Quite a lot of fun. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye.